The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, March 29th. We're just in time for Autism Awareness Month and my special guest with his new book, also just in time for Autism Awareness Month, is Ken Siri, who has the next great edition of Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism. That's Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism 2011 to 2012, which he produced with Tony Lyons. Cutting Edge Therapies is published by Skyhorse Publishing and includes explanations for the possible causes of autism, presents novel therapies, medications, and interventions through contributions from over 80 experts on a wide variety of models and research findings. Ken Siri is a freelance journalist and a single-parent dad. Welcome, Ken. Oh, welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks very much for having me. You're welcome. Well, Ken, your son was born the same year as mine, 1998. Please tell us about your son Alex's early history. Sure. Um, you know, Alex um, really met all his milestones for the first two-plus years. Um, you know, he, he was a happy kid. Um, he had uh, this outgoing personality, and uh, everyone just, uh, you know, was in love with the kid. And he was, uh, he, he was speaking fine. Um, he, in fact, he knew some words in Spanish because the daycare where he stayed, a lot of the folks there uh, spoke Spanish, so he was picking up some Spanish, and he could count to uh, 10 in uh, English and Spanish, and actually Japanese, because I was doing a little karate at the time, so he heard me doing all these katas. Um, and uh, further, like, illustration of where he was at, on 9-11, he was actually, uh, you know, saying things such as, uh, turn the TV off, that's scary. So he was... You know, he, he, he was coming along fine. Um, and then shortly after um, 9-11, um, which is when he was a, a little over three, and he had gotten his last round of um, uh, shots, uh, which were actually a little bit delayed, uh, he um, started losing some skills. And by the end of the year, by the end of 2001, um, he had lost most of his speech. He wound up saying maybe a few words here and there, and he had also lost kind. Uh, eye contact, and at the time, you know, we didn't know what was, go- what, what was going on. Um, and uh, at the, at, also at that time, I had been uh, separated and in, in the process of getting divorced from my, uh, you know, wife at the time. And we, it, w- it was difficult to figure things out. I, had, I hadn't heard of autism at all, um, and it took about the better part of a year to get him diagnosed. He was finally diagnosed at Kennedy Krieger Center. 
Um, and, uh, you know, and we were given really no hope. Uh, you know, in, in fact, uh, some pediatricians were using the word institutionalized, which I'm sure a lot of parents have heard. Um, but, uh, you know, at that time, I started doing a little bit of uh, research and reading, and, uh, you know, and I refused to give up hope on uh, a three-year-old. So, Absolutely. Um, we've been making some pretty steady progress since then and some really nice progress lately. Um, so that's, that, you know, that's, that's sort of the brief uh, history there of Alex's uh, development. I should also point out that, um, and we'll, oh, I'm sure we'll come to this later on, he did his one issue when he was younger was he did have a lot of ear infections, and I write about this in the introduction to the book. Um, and I, I, I you know, I, I cite this as one of what I believe one of the causes for his uh, regression. Um, and he wound up taking a lot of antibiotics, uh, in particular inhaled albuterol. Uh, to the point where we had our own nebulizer in the apartment because he was getting so many uh, ear infections. Um, but there was no regression immediately following uh, uh, the, you know, the use of the antibiotics and all. But that was one thing, you know, when I look back, I realized he was getting so many of those. And, of course, at the time, you know, we weren't, um, you know, no tests were done to whether or not it was a bacterial infection or, or virus. They just said, hey, let's give him albuterol. Um, so anyway, that's the early history there. Well, Ken, you made a very telling statement. So around 2001 or 2002, you hadn't heard about autism, and now we have an epidemic. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, the, the only thing, when I think about it now, like thinking back to that time, the, I hadn't heard the word autism, but I remember, and I, I used to live in Washington, I'm in New York City now, but I used to live in Washington, D.C., um, and I would be driving and commuting every day, and the commuting there was, you know, horrible on the roads, and I would listen to many things on the radio, uh, one of which was Howard Stern, whether or not people are a fan or not. But he actually, at the time, I guess he had had uh, a couple of his kids were younger, and he was actually, I remember some shows driving in that he was debating whether or not to get the kids, like, vaccinated on, uh, you know, on the radio. And the word autism didn't come up, or at least I don't remember hearing it at that point in time. It was more of an issue of, um, you know, the kids not feeling well or getting sick. It's possible he used the word during that time, but I, I don't remember hearing it. But that was, like, one issue that I kind of, when I think back now, I remember that uh, it was, it was kind of like an ongoing thing for, like, a couple weeks on the radio that he was talking about it. That's why. I remember it so much. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and I think a lot of parents, um, you know, at that stage, you know, mid to late 90s, didn't hear anything about it because it was a lot rarer than it is now. Which yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, certainly while you and I were growing up, you know, we had maybe one Fonzie in the classroom, you know, not, not uh, most of the classroom jumping up and down out of their chairs or exactly. um, otherwise having... Uh, having challenges. Certainly didn't know of kids who couldn't, I, you know, I, I mean, I went to a uh, school in a relatively small town in New Jersey. Um, I graduated with probably about 150 kids in my class, but, you know, there were no kids that didn't know how to speak you know, in the class or had lost the ability to speak in the class. Right, and your your son, from what you said, was understanding uh, and using relevant language appropriately. Yeah, he would. I mean, if you asked him what his favorite team was, you know, baseball team, he would have said New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he could have mentioned some of the players at the time, like Bernie Williams and such. Um, so, he, I mean, he, you, could ha- you could have a bit of a conversation with him. I mean, he was still young, but, he, you know, it was more than one or two words being put together. He was saying sentences. Um, I remember one, at one point I had gone to uh, a restaurant um, in Virginia with my uh, parents, um, and Alex was there, and he was still – he was definitely uh, – 
two or younger because he I remember him being quite small. But um, the after dinner, uh, the waiter came over, you know, and had the tray of desserts for everyone to sample, and he put them out there. And of course, Alex, you know, started thinking, "Hey, this is great! I'm getting this whole thing." And then the guy shows it, and he takes it away, and he got pissed off <laughs> to the point where he was like, "Hey, the guy took the cupcakes away! You know, what's with that?" Um, so he was exercising social nuances appropriately. He, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. He was very. He he was he was he wasn't by himself. Like in daycare, he had to go to daycare early. You know, unfortunately or not, um, there's probably some benefits to it. But at about six months, but he, um, you know, he was playful with the other kids, and he used to be. Uh, I remember one of the um, uh, one of the workers uh, who he was fond of at uh, daycare. Uh, she told me, oh, he's the perfect man. He likes to cook, clean, and dance because those were the activities he Aww. liked uh, kind of participating in at daycare. Right. So um, and it, there was also one point when um, we were, uh, I, I remember when I, would, um, when, I, when I got separated and I wound up getting a job up here in New York, which is where I'm from, um, I would go down there on the weekends because I still had an apartment down there in a while, and I would take Alex to this local diner called the Silver Diner down in uh, our, uh, northern Virginia. Um, and we're in the diner once, um, Alex, I would sit in the booth, and all of a sudden he's trying to climb over me, and sometimes he would do it playfully, but he was really trying to get over me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, help, help. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, and it turns out behind me, which I couldn't see, the, uh, the busboy was kind of like cleaning up the tables and had all of his tray there with, his, with the brooms and other cleaning equipment, and Alex wanted to get over me and help the guy clean. Oh. He was cleaning, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was, not, uh, he, was, he was not born with anything. Wow. All right. Well, you've mentioned vaccines and you've yeah. mentioned uh, antibiotics. Um, yeah. Are you feeling like there was a, a perfect storm of things that that came together, whereby Alex eventually suffered an autistic regression? Or are there any uh, parts that were missing from what I just said? Yeah. No. I mean, I think those were the big pieces, and which, like you said, I I, I kind of mentioned there briefly. And again, I, I Tony and I actually both have a little. Uh, part in the book uh, at the introduction there, a, a couple um, paragraphs each of what we think happened to our kids. Um, and, and they're similar stories. I think what happened with Alex was he, you know, he had all those antibiotics uh, when he was, you know, when his immune system was still developing. Um, and we know from, you know, all of research and stuff, you know, that the GI tract is 70% of the immune system. And if you're constantly hitting with antibiotics, you're disrupting it while it's still developing. Um, and then during that time, you're also getting a huge amount of uh, vaccinations, uh, some of which you may be getting when you're sick. If, you know, I, I remember having Alex at, you know, at the pediatricians, and you know, he was he was there for a checkup. Actually, wasn't a checkup, but he, you know, he wasn't feeling well, and we were getting, you know, our prescription for albuterol or whatever else we were taking at the time. And um, and uh, you know, they said something to the effect that, oh, you know, you guys are are doing another week for a shot. Might as well get it now. So you know, the the, the kids. I mean, you know, they're, they're just trying to be efficient, but um, I think the medical community needs to think about um, what they're actually doing. So, you know, if the kid's sick and the immune system is being disrupted and you're on antibiotics, it's probably best to hold off on some of the vaccinations. Yep. Um, but, you know, at the time, you don't know these things. I mean, you can kind of kick yourself as a parent. Now, I don't really do that because I know they should have known, but... Um, um, you know, you do you do have to. It's kind of getting off base here a little bit, but you know, you do have to kind of educate yourself nowadays um, to you know to keep the kids safe. Yeah, autism is definitely not efficient, yeah. and um, 
Yeah, I, I remember the pediatrician uh, prescribing Cordaid. Lots of our kids get eczema, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, a lot of people think that the eczema had its roots in something to do with the vaccines, but at the very least, yeah. it signals a physiological imbalance during which you'd want to uh, really do due diligence and be cautious about being vaccinated on top of that. But, uh, yeah, for giving the vaccines on the same day, they're pres- prescribing a, a cortisone cream, you know, for yeah. eczema. Uh, what kind of sense does that make? Well, now you said that you have just recently seen some amazing gains in your son. And tell us about that. And also from what you've heard and observed with other parents, does it seem like one primary intervention works or a combination of interventions and synergy? Yeah, I think, well, I, I, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what's, what's happening lately is um, Alex started um, being a lot more communicative. He's He's been gradually becoming more communicative. I should say, I should preface this by saying Alex came to live with, we live in Manhattan, Alex came to live with dad full time a few years ago. Um, and then, you know, prior to that, you know, uh, dad and mom were implementing um, some facets of, uh, I'm not sure what, if it's still officially called that anymore, but at the time it was being called the Dan Protocol. And we were working with a doctor down in Virginia. Um, and not not a lot happened there. One thing that did improve during that time period, which was probably from about four to, you know, age uh, eight maybe, was uh, an improvement in eye contact where he would not, he would, you know, force himself not to look at you in the eye. Um, that did improve over the course of that time. Um, what, you know, what led to that improvement, I'm not sure. During that time, we were doing such things as um, we were doing some transdermal chelation, but I didn't see a lot of uh, benefit, actually no benefit from that. And when Alex would go back to school, because he would get that done while he was with dad, um, he would have, um, uh, you know, he would have a rough time at school while, I'm, I'm assuming while, you know, the, the, the drug was working its way through his system. Um, also, during that time, we had, you know, we used, uh, you know, we changed the diet up a little bit, um, but, we, you know, it wasn't being, because Alex was in two different places, it wasn't being fully implemented all the time. And as we know, you know, you really need to kind of crack down on that. You need to investigate and find out what's causing, um, you know, any, any, um, any distress uh, as, as far as uh, what, what's in the diet. Um, and it's all, I, sh- I just want to say, the diet's really like an educational process, and I kind of mention this in the book and um, in, in, in my uh, tips book there, too, whereas the, um, it takes, I think it takes uh, so long, because you're constantly, you know, I, I, I'm saying now, like six months ago, I didn't know anything about the diet, because it, you, it's, you're constantly learning more and more things that are in, uh, you know, or in our food supply, really, that, you know, probably need to be avoided if, if you have a kid who's on the spectrum and they're sensitive to dietary issues, and I'm sure I'll be saying the same thing six months from now. Okay. Um, but it's a constantly evolving process. But so, so we were doing a little bit uh, of, of the protocol there, but when, when Alex came up here, I really uh, cracked down on the diet. And for me, luckily, it wasn't that hard because Alex always ate a wide variety of foods. He would, of course, favor, you know, breaded products or dairy products and such if, if, when he had access to them. Um, but he, he always ate a wide variety of food, so it was relatively easy for me to, um, to implement the diet because I just had to cut things out. Okay, um, let's talk more about that when we come yeah. back from break at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Ken Siri and Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to autismhopealliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, this is Terry back with Ken Siri, and we're talking about cutting-edge therapies for autism 2011 to 2012 from Skyhorse Publishing. You can visit their website at www.skyhorsepublishing.com. And before the break, uh, Ken, you were talking about therapies that you tried with Alex a number of years ago. And I, I just want to mention to our listeners, and it's been your experience and my experience um, from personal experience and what we've observed with other families, but how some things work with some kids and some things work with other kids and, and vice versa. And um, we, we always do these things under appropriate medical monitoring. What's really great about this book that has over 60 chapters and over 80 contributors is that it provides so much information on such a wide range of interventions um, that the parents are able to make a more educated decision about what they'd like to talk to their child's practitioner about and, and perhaps try with their child. So you were talking about diet before the break, Ken, and it sounds like our sons have had similar experiences um, having started out, you know, maybe on GFCF and then moving to specific carbohydrate diet and having more success with that and then learning about organic and all sorts of neat stuff. Do you want to tell our listeners more about that? Sure, yeah. As you, as you mentioned, we, we, we really went gluten and casein-free um, and, um, 
you know, as as I was saying before the break, there you really kind of have to ferret out a lot of these things. And when you read a, when you read a lot of the good books um, that are that are out there, and you know, we have some uh, folks who contribute our chapters, including um, uh, Karen Sarusi and Lisa Lewis, and their books actually really good. Um, and uh, it kind of teaches you how to be a, a detective, as it were, to go in and you know read the labels and you know call the manufacturers as necessary and. Um, when all else fail, fails, uh, you know, go organic and make things yourself. Um, so I t- to the point where what I'm doing right now is Alex really um, enjoys eating uh, beans, um, which is good. And uh, they're easy to prepare with a little bit of, like, olive oil and garlic, um, and he has them uh, most days. Um, and what I was using was, you know, regular canned beans, because I'm like, what could be wrong with that? But then I realized there are some issues with that. Um, so then I started using uh, organic canned beans, and then I kind of uh, now I've, I guess, evolved into, um, you know, purchasing uh, you know, the, the the bean, you know, the whole beans, basically, and then kind of soaking them overnight and heating them up. And I kind of do that on the weekend. Like, I do a whole bunch at once, and then we're, you know, we're set for the week. Um, and he actually kind of helps out in the process a little bit. So it's a little bit uh, um, uh, sort of like, I guess, life skills, or at least helping skills uh, in, in to that point. But You know, um, you yeah, know what, we, Ken? Yeah. We're, we're doing that, too. My husband yeah. has made the most marvelous bean stew and that's the bean and nothing but the bean you know organic the the raw bean you soak it you cook it um and added meat and just has made the most marvelous stews that my son adores yeah you know it's relative it's it's really relatively easy to do you know once you do it once um i i actually didn't even destroy the first batch that i made it actually came out all right i mean he was eating it so um and it tastes pretty good and um i should you know i should also mention that i pretty much follow uh, the same diet as Alex, so there's no like there's no special cabinets in you know yeah, in the house that are for you. You know, dad's food or something else because actually it's it's kind of good for you. So I and I and I feel better, uh, you know, You're frankly, following the diet too. So um, yeah. you know, so everyone right. should do it. Yeah, <laughs> parents with parents who have kids who yeah. you know um, have certain metabolism um, yeah. can also really benefit from doing the same things that their kids are doing. Yeah, because you know what I what I think is we we talked earlier about how how I think Alex you know fell into the abyss there, which I think was the antibiotics and you know uh, like the heavy vaccination schedule. Um, but I think I think uh, I think an underlying cause probably for everyone, maybe in like the Western world, um, is a weakened uh, um, immune system. I think because of like toxins in our environment and because of toxins in our food supply. Um, and the poor quality of our, you know, food supply and diet as a whole, I think that's kind of weakening our, uh, you know, you know, the human genome basically, and making a more making us more susceptible for to all these autoimmune type conditions, including autism. Right. Um, Whereas, so I you think, and, yeah, yeah, you and I were relatively okay because we didn't get. Uh, deluged with vaccines and hit with so many environmental toxins at the same stage in our development. Exactly. Yeah, we had six. You know, I think I had like six shots, and I didn't have a butyrol for you know a year and a half. Um, if I did, maybe I'd be in trouble. So I think that I think that anyone who has um, uh, you know a child on the spectrum, or you know, or similar type of issues, or some of these autoimmune conditions, I think that that's it's not only a warning sign for you know society, but it should be a warning sign for you as well because. You know, they're from you. Most likely, you have a similar susceptibility. So you just may have a higher threshold because of what we just said. You know, because you know we were a generation earlier. So it probably behooves you to um, not only treat your child, but to kind of 
work on prevention, as it were, for yourself, you know, with diet and maybe with some of the supplements and such. Because, you know, I, I think uh, the increasing incidence in, um, you know, maybe Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and these other things, I think it's kind of, I think it's all kind of tied in somehow. Right. So, um, so a susceptibility does not an epidemic make, but unfortunately, um, yeah. these last generations of kids uh, have just been deluged with toxins from vaccines in the environment. And, and as we said, every child is different. But, Ken, why do you think yeah. that Alex, in particular, yeah. benefited from things like specific carbohydrate diet? Um, why did his overseeing medical doctors think that IV chelation might work better than transdermal chelation and mitochondrial supplements? Sure. Uh, you know, I'll start with the diet there. With the diet, um, um, he, he, he was getting some benefit from going gluten and casein-free. You saw that because if he would get hold of something that he wasn't supposed to have, he would get the red ears, he may get a rash, and his behaviors would change. And he would also get the distended uh, belly, and he did have uh, yeast infection and such. And we, you know, and, we, and we treated that with some antifungals, and we also used the biofilm protocol, which I, is a piece I wrote for the book there. And that, that did help kind of clear him up a little bit. Um, but he was still, and that, that, it actually did help a lot, the gluten casein-free diet and working on, you know, re, you know repairing the gut. Um, and like I said, I'm pretty strict with the diet, and I just don't have that kind of stuff around. So he was doing okay, but he would still on occasion get backed up, as it were, because when he was younger, before, you know, before he came up north here and we started really cracking down on things, Alex would, ha- Alex would go huge periods of time without having a bowel movement. I remember one particular time, it was more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that... You, you can't function properly if you're doing that. No, you um, exhibit self-injurious behavior. A lot of kids who exhibit self-injurious behavior could have bowel impactions or marked um, esophageal inflammation, and these are physiological reasons for behaviors, and schools and others need to respect that and investigate it. Exactly. Yes, I mean, that's, that's I mean, we, we know that. I mean, that, that's one thing that's a lot of times looked over, and that's when some people wind up turning to, you know, some sort of antipsychotic medication or stuff like that, which should be the absolute last, thing to try, you know, only when, you know, there's a danger. Right, um, that won't address the problem, plus... Yeah, you're only covering it up, yeah. There are, side of, there are adverse effects of those um, substances as well. Exactly, and some of the antipsychotics, I've, I've, this is the stuff I've read, really can have a negative impact on uh, the, the mitochondrial uh, um, right. uh, system there. But, um, the, so then we, we I, I then started, had, I had been doing a lot of work, and with the first book, I had started reading more about specific carbohydrate diet, and I had heard about it, but I didn't know a lot about it. Because, you, know, you know, what kept me from implementing it earlier was I heard that there was no rice, and a big part of Alex's diet was rice. Um, but then I started putting together, you know, Alex, he was better, but he was still having, um, he was still getting backed up. And then I realized maybe it's probably good to get rid of the rice and bananas and some of the other things that could cause constipation. So I really got rid of that stuff, and he improved quite a bit. Uh, that's at that point in time we is when we really lost um, these. Um, not lost. Uh, um, I, that's probably the wrong word, but we we no longer had um, uh, constipation um, a, after I implemented the diet. So. I, from Alex's perspective, the SCD diet helped him out in that it, it forced uh, us to change.
change the diet enough to get rid of some of these other foods. In particular, for him, it was like rice because a large part of his diet was rice. He was eating rice crackers and he was having you know some rice cereal and he, he enjoyed eating rice with dinner and stuff like that. But he, it was it was causing constipation and whereas his system had gotten better over the course of you know the last couple of years from the gluten casein free diet and all, it still as you can imagine when you, if you don't have a bowel wound for a couple of weeks, it's probably going to take. And, and you're having that problem for several years, you're going to, it's going to take a while for the colon to get back to normal size. Right. Um, lots of, so you lots probably, of kids yeah. do improve with limiting carbs, so it's good to work with your doctor or nutritionist on, on uh, how to uh, work with the diet when you're doing this. Yeah, you, you do, you do, you do, and that's, that, I mean, that's a good point. You do need to, I, I kind of view myself as like uh, the CEO of, uh, you know, Team Alex. Um, and I, I try to like know as much about uh, a, a little bit about everything as much as possible, and then I try to find like the good people to implement things, whether it's you know the teachers or speech therapists or uh, you know medical professionals, um, after school programs, all that kind of stuff. And I'm constantly trying to um, find the right mix, and I think we're in a good uh, place right now. Um, but the uh, do your question earlier about that. So that that was kind of the improvement with the uh, uh, dietary process, and then. We had, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, having tried the transdermal chelation, and that didn't really do anything. I mean, you know, when we did some of the tests, some metal seemed to come out, but his behaviors uh, were getting worse, um, and it was, just, it was just really kind of untenable. And he wasn't with Dad full-time at the time, and school down in uh, Virginia was kind of pressuring Mom. Uh, so we kind of backed off on that. But um, once Alex came up here, um, we had done uh, some tests, and Alex seemed to fit the profile for pandas. So the first kind of thing we implemented, and I, I didn't actually mention this earlier, was we started using the um, IVIG uh, to clear up his immune system because Alex was one of these kids where the cold never bothered him. If the temperature was above 80 degrees, he would have, like, a really tough time, and he had a problem with the humidity um, and his immune system, and he would never get sick, which, you know, some people might think is great, but that also shows the immune system might be overactive. Um, so we, st- we started this whole IVIG process, and we did this with uh, Dr. Ellis here in New York, um, and we did it uh, over the course of, it was like once a month for six months. Um, right, and there's a chapter about IVIG in your book yeah. from Dr. Michael Ellis, and let's pick up with sure. pandas and chelation and mitochondrial issues when we come back from break and then talk more about the different chapters in the book here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back with Ken Siri. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the 
complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Most chronic health problems are caused by the interaction between genetic susceptibility and environmental exposure. This was defined 10 years ago by the Centers for Disease Control. Join Dr. Robin Bernhoft for 21st Century Medicine. We will cover the whole spectrum of chronic illness and little-known medical treatments that are being used to make you healthier. 21st Century Medicine airs live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, it's Terry back with Ken Siri, who with Tony Lyons and Skyhorse Publishing brought us Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism 2011 to 2012, an incredible volume with so many different interventions that have helped children diagnosed with autism. And again, their website is www.skyhorsepublishing.com. Ken, in the last segment, um, you were mentioning things like biofilm and pandas and IVIG, and we touched upon mitochondrial issues and IV chelation, and some of our listeners might not know what some of those things are. So how did, how did addressing those, what are they, and how did addressing those things help make... Uh, Alex have amazing gains, as you mentioned. Sure. You know, real, real quick on the biofilm. The biofilm is, um, uh, I guess the way to think of it is um, if you wake up in the morning um, and you have like a film over your, your teeth, it's, it's something to that effect. But there's, I guess there's two forms of a biofilm. There's, a, there's kind of a, a, a good biofilm, which is that. And then there's a negative biofilm, which is something that could be produced by um, bad gut bugs, basically, that have been in the system for a while and they... Uh, uh, basically cause kind of a, a, a pollution which uh, coats them and kind of protects them from antifungal medications. Um, and this bio, so that's what the biofilm is. And the biofilm protocol is basically a combination of um, uh, supplements and some uh, drugs basically that are designed to kind of puncture holes in that so that the antifungals can get at and kill uh, these bad gut bugs. Uh, so if, you have, if, you've, if you've had a child that's had... Um, some success using antifungals, but uh, it, it, keeps, it seems to 
only uh, be a temporary uh, reprieve, um, that might be something to investigate um, because you might not be getting all of them because they're somewhat being protected by this so-called biofilm. Yeah, and you uh, want to tread very carefully with, with biofilm as well, so that would definitely be um, something to uh, seek uh, medical monitoring for. Yeah, I mean, re- really really anything I think you, you're going to implement, perhaps uh, w- with the sole exception of, uh, like, the gluten casein-free diet, which you could do, I think you could do pretty easily uh, as, as a parent reading, you know, reading up some uh, and doing some research on your own. Yeah, and um, supplements. Yeah, but everything. Yeah, and but but yeah, you you're gonna you're gonna need a doctor. In particular, a lot of these things are gonna require prescriptions, so you know you have to have a doctor. Um, but you but what you want to do is um, you know find someone who's well versed um, in this, and you know references from other parents are probably best. And you can Google you can Google anyone now and find out what what everyone says about them. Um, and I think most major metropolitan areas there's some good people you can find, and then there's a lot of uh, organizations uh, you know that list uh, you know practitioners. Um, but but other parents, uh, you know, in your child's school or daycare or wherever they are, you know, other parents uh, will be your best uh, bet in that regard. And this um, but, is a great book to share with other parents as well. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, what, you know, one thing, and this is kind of getting off the questionnaire a little bit, but, you know, one thing with this book is a lot of people in, let's say, in the New York City area have access to, um, you know, a lot of these professionals and a lot of folks on some of the organizations that I'm a member of, you know, know a lot of this information um, but um, not everyone has access to all of these things. You know, not everyone lives in uh, New York or, you know, Southern California or some of the other major, I guess, sort of autism hotspots where, you know, professionals are kind of gathering. Um, so uh, we, what Tony and I hoped with this book is that this would sort of serve as a screen um, to people around, you know, the country um, to alert them to what's out there if they don't have, you know, if they're not able to, you know, attend some, uh, some of the conferences, uh, which everyone should, uh, and, um, you know, have access to all of the practitioners nearby. Um, and then yeah, hopefully this will serve as a guide to them to, you know, learn a little bit more and then, you know, to, to um, you know, make connections with other parents and other folks uh, to uh, get up the curve and uh, build their own team. Yeah, if you're in Oklahoma or Montana, consider, you know, putting some copies of this book in the occupational therapy clinics uh, as a, as office copies so that other parents can see the information in here. Well, Ken, some of the chapters that that seem like they might appeal to you personally the most because you've mentioned that these things help Alex. Um, yes. Dr. Jim Adams has a chapter on chelation. Judy Chinitz has a chapter on specific carbohydrate diet, Michael Ellis on IVIG, Dr. James Jan on melatonin. There's a great chapter on sensory gyms and a special section on technological-based interventions for autism. Yes. I'd say, yeah, I mean, uh, to that, and uh, we could talk about the, the chelation there, um, with with the I I mentioned before that transdermal didn't seem to help with Alex that much and if you look at uh, some of the uh, ARI scores um, you know it, it's not rated highly but if you look at IV chelation um, I think that's the highest or certainly one of the highest rated um, scores as far as parents reporting you know that 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 it had a uh, that it had a uh, benefit um, and I could tell you that it did benefit Alex Alex uh, significantly um, one caveat I would say was would be that you kind of have to do these things, and again, this goes back to working with uh, you know uh, someone who a doctor, a medical professional who knows what they're doing. You kind of got to do these things in um, uh, the right sequence, I think. At least that's was the case for Alex because um, 
you, the, the chelation is probably not going to be as effective before you deal with the gut issues right. as afterwards because, you know, if you're having gut issues, you're probably not going to be able to get all the toxins out of your body properly. Um, right. You don't want to reabsorb uh, toxins. Generally, practitioners yes. start with the gut, yes, healing yes, the gut. Yes. Vital. It was, yeah, it seemed like, and that's, I mean, with Alex, it was like, yeah, you like clean up the gut. And then for Alex, we also had the... Um, uh, the the pandas that I mentioned earlier, which is uh, the uh, it's abbreviation basically for uh, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychotic disorder um, associated with the strep uh, infections or virus, um, and in Alex and what what that basically means for for anyone who doesn't know is this the strep virus um, uh, may have not been completely eradicated uh, from your child and it, and it sort of hides in um, uh, the I think it's the basal ganglia. I'm not the medical professional, right, but the, it hides the in there basically and disrupts, yeah. Yeah, and disrupts your immune system. Right. Um, and there are various, there's no one test, I believe, that says, oh, this is pandas, but there's a profile that fits that this is pandas, and some of it is like ten- temperature sensitivity and um, different sorts of uh, tics and OCD-type behaviors. Um, and Alex did fit this profile, so that's why I mentioned earlier we went ahead and did um, the IVIG. Um, and that definitely, that definitely helped him because he's, his temperature sensitivity is a little bit more normal now, and he's actually gotten sick, which normally wouldn't kind of cheer for that, but the, the kid never got sick in the past because his immune system, I think, was, was uh, you know, over, basically working overtime, you know, destroying things that it's not supposed to. Right. Um, and now he's, he's it, it's just uh, better. Like, his behavior's improved after, after we did the IVIG. It wasn't, um, and it... It it didn't improve necessarily overnight, but over the course of the of of the treatments, which lasted about six months, he did make nice gains. Um, so that combined with having kind of cleaned up, um, you know, the gut, and then figured out this this thing with the SCD, uh, which to Alex's point again, that what I mentioned earlier, that it, that it helped kind of get him uh, regular. Um, that had him ready for um, the chelation, the IV chelation, and that. That definitely, that was one of the, I guess, one of the two things that so far that I saw, like, an overnight um, improvement. Um, and, uh, and, and it's continued to build on it. Um, and that, and it's, it's a pretty quick procedure if folks are, you know, it lasts, you know, maybe five minutes. Um, but I can tell you the first time Alice went for it, uh, the, the procedure, it took about four or five people and, uh, you know, a half hour just to get him, you know, laying down and then for the IV uh, needle stick to go in. And like I said, it literally takes five minutes once, once the IV's in, not even. Um, to the point, so that was maybe five months ago when Alex went for his last one, and we're probably going about once a month now, when he went uh, last month, um, Alex walked in, got up on the table himself, laid down, and like pulled up his sleeve. Wow. And he was ready to go. So I think part of that is an improvement in behaviors, and part of it is, hey, I think this is making me feel better. Because I can tell yeah. you when Alex, when we're, we, we take a cab from where well, I'm on Upper East Side, and we take a cab on Fridays to go downtown to um, uh, this place called Emergency where Alex has like a, a play group, and it's a century uh, gym downtown. And when we take the taxi, um, we pass the midtown exit for the midtown tunnel, and he started doing this a few months ago. Every time we pass that, he indicates that he, you know, with his hand or like he's, and he starts kind of babbling that he wants to go in the Midtown Tunnel. The only reason we go to the Midtown Tunnel is to go to Long Island and go visit Dr. Ellis. 
Um, and he always gets a needle. So, so he actually wants to go see Dr. Ellis, even though he's going to go get a shot. So either he really likes Dr. Ellis, which he's a nice guy, and that could be the case. But I think he, I like to think that he actually is, is, is feeling better, and he thinks that and knows that that's what's helping him feel better. Our kids are so aware. They're so smart. Yeah. And they just want somebody to help them get better. And that truly shows respect for the child when we acknowledge these legitimate physiological uh, conditions that underlie an autism diagnostic label, and we help them get better. Yep. So, great. Thank you for being such a great uh, captain for Team Alex and also helping bring this information uh, out to the public. Let's, let's look at some of those other chapters that you particularly liked, um, such sure. as technological-based interventions for autism. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one thing we got real excited about here in the last, like, several months. Like, you know, in, in, during the course of the year, and I've already started doing it for next year, I, you know, I come across information I, and I put this aside because e- either maybe I see a speaker somewhere or I read about something or, you know, I, I see something on TV or, or somewhere and I said, hey, this is pretty interesting. I'm going to check out more about this because this might be something to, you know, to put out in the book for everyone to, you know, f- find out about. Um, and everyone knows about the iPad. Um, and I think, and, and Steve Jobs in his last presentation for the new version of the iPad even mentioned, you know, you know, kids with, you know, special needs and autism are apparently big fans of the iPad. And I can tell you when I, Alex was always a fan of doing things on the computer. Um, uh, uh, but when I gave him, when I got him an iPad, and there's all kinds of ways to get it, the, pr- the price subsidized. Um, and we could talk about that if we want. But the... Um, he he really could navigate right away with the thing, and I think a lot of the kids are probably pretty good using like uh, the computers. Um, but even if they're not, other parents have told me like they they really kind of pick they kind of take to the iPad right away. Um, and I saw him even when he was we've had it now for several months, um, and Al, he's always even that times Alex is um, he's not huge, but he's really solidly built and he's pretty strong, um, and he could easily break things. Um, and he's broken a lot of my furniture. But um, he's real gentle with the iPad because I think he kind of gets enjoyment out of it. And part of it is that he's able to do something on his own and entertain himself. And mostly what he does is, for his entertainment is kind of watch things on YouTube. So, like, a lot of his favorite movies or shows will save it on there, and it's in his favorite place that he can go there and he can watch the things. And they also have... When you're on that, yeah, most people probably know, but when you're on watching one video, there's related content on the side, and you can wind up scrolling to different things. And he's actually gone ahead and like found a whole universe of things he enjoys doing. Like he he likes Bob Marley music, so he's got like Bob Marley videos on there that he watches. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm on there one day, and he's got all different other types of like reggae music saved on there that that he got into. Um, well, how, but he he also how, used yeah. How neat. Let's. Uh, let's pick up with these when we come back from break. We're here with Ken Siri and talking about cutting-edge therapies for autism. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. I'm Terry. I'm back with Ken Siri talking about cutting edge therapies for autism 2011 to 2012, published by Skyhorse Publishing. That, and you can find Skyhorse at www.skyhorsepublishing.com. Ken, before the break, you were talking to us about the ways that Alex can enjoy life right now, and you've done a wonderful job with that. It's so beautiful to hear on Alex's behalf how well he's doing. And what do you see as major societal hurdles for children getting better like this? Um, you know, I, 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 I yeah, I, I think the, a big thing is that um, the uh, I, I don't know if it's, it's like the medical professionals, you know, because you know, some of them are on our side um, or, or or agree with uh, you know kind of what I'm talking about here. But um, I think that. There's there's a debate going on right now what you know what what is causing autism and I think that that is in a way hindering um, everybody you know working to the best. So what I mean by this is parents may be confused 
because of the information that they're getting maybe from the you know the government or 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 the or the media that uh you know there's people are saying it's uh, vaccines or you know that that it's treatable and um and it's and there's there's skeptics out there that some of these kids you know that these kids can improve if there are things you do and i think that that skepticism leads many parents to probably not do all they can to help their kids. Um, I'm sure not all kids can probably improve to the same level, um, but I think all kids can improve. Um, and hopefully that's what, what you know, comes across in the book, because we do mention that not all of these uh, therapies will work for every kid, um, but all of these therapies do have people who will tell you that my patient or my child improved by doing this. Um, so really, it, it, is, it is kind of like a message of hope, and that message is out there, but I think maybe for some people, um, the message may not be getting through because of confusion from, um, you know, skeptics in, uh, you know, some government agencies or, you know, some skeptics amongst um, uh, some medical professionals. And... Um, I, I hope that those people who are skeptics actually believe that what they're saying and they're not just trying to protect their interests because if they are, they're, they're harming people. Um, but I think that that's one thing that's hindering um, all kids achieving their, you know, reaching their maximum uh, capacity because, I, I, you know, I've, I've been places where I've heard groups of parents uh, talking and saying, um, oh, you know, those, those people are crazy because, you know, they've, they're using uh, chelation on their kids, and you know they're they're they're, they're harming kids by doing that. Um, and I feel bad because it would be really impossible to kind of break through that person's um, uh, I don't know whatever it is that wall that they've created um, to kind of help their you know to help their child. Either maybe they just don't want to believe it, or maybe they maybe it's just easier you know because they're given an excuse by you know, by some of these medical professionals and, you know, government officials and stuff. And it's not everyone, of course, but, you know, it's enough that it causes confusion. And I think confusion leads people to not act when they should. Right. And chelation's been around for years. Um, sure. Okay. So what, what we're really doing, see, autism is a diagnostic label, but it doesn't tell us anything about what, what is really going on. And um, what we're really looking to help are things like immune dysregulation and metabolic impairment or detoxification impairment, um, gastrointestinal uh, uh, pathology, things like that. And when we respect children with autism the way we would respect any other patient and look at their underlying conditions and remediate these things, just like for any other patient, and help those conditions improve, then cognition and function of the child with autism will also improve. So, Ken, I just really want to thank you and Tony and Skyhorse for bringing all of these interventions, um, biomedical, behavioral, adjunct therapies, technological, architectural, a wide variety in this book for bringing these all to the fore. And uh, I'd like to let listeners know that this book also has resource sections listing schools, organizations, and recommended reading, and that part of the proceeds of book sales go to our friends at the National Autism Association. So please do pick up a copy. So, Ken, where can people pick up a copy? They can pick up a copy at their local bookstores, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, 
Um, and, of course, the Skyhorse website. Uh, so it, it, it's out there. It'll be... Um, um, it, it, it'll be available for you uh, pretty much anywhere. And if you can't find it somewhere, uh, email Skyhorse and let them know. Uh, but it should be everywhere. It should be okay. everywhere. Okay. And um, also to let our listeners know, please look for all of the other fine uh, autism-related titles from Skyhorse Publishing, including All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa by Age of Autism's Kim Stagliano, Callous Disregard by Dr. Andrew Wakefield, The Peanut Allergy Epidemic by historian Heather Frazier, and Vaccine Epidemic edited by Mary Holland Esquire and Louise Kuhabakis. And there are even a couple of tips books from Ken Siri and Tony Lyons. Do you want to briefly tell us about those? Sure, yeah. Uh, uh, Tony's got a daughter, so he, he wrote a book about uh, 1,001 Tips for the Parents of Autistic Girls, and I did boys. Um, so, yeah, in that book, I mean, and there are 1,001 tips because we numbered them, um, and we, which was a crazy process. But, um, we, you know, we, we cover all the bases. We talk about um, some of the things we talked about today, like, you know, building a team to, to help you, you know, um, you know, work with uh, your child uh, to help them, you know, reach their potential. And we also even talk about some practical things, um, like how to get all the, how to maximize your tax deductions, um, how to find the right school, how to find babysitters, all that kind of uh, stuff. And they're all real small tidbits, so, you, you know, you don't have to worry about, uh, oh, i got to finish this chapter now. Well, it's, you know, uh, a tip might be a couple lines or um, it could be a couple paragraphs. Um, easy yeah, reading. That's the book. Yeah, exactly. It's very While easy you're reading. In the yeah. New York subway system going yes. from yes. stop to stop. Well, Ken, are you going to any special events for Autism Awareness Month? Um, I'm actually going to be next next week. Um, National Autism Association actually is having a whole bunch of parents speak on the steps of City Hall here in the city uh, to kind of talk about um, you know their their kids real briefly. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, and then I believe Tony and I are going to be on WPIX's morning show, um, I think that same week. I don't have a date yet, but um, um, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll try to let you know in advance. Excellent. Yeah. Well, please keep up with the folks at Skyhorse Publishing, www.skyhorsepublishing.com. Ken, thank you to you and Skyhorse Publishing for putting out the good word to really help children and families affected by an autism diagnosis. And don't forget to come to the Autism One website where the registration fee for the huge Autism One Generation Rescue 2011 conference is free. That website is www.autismone.org. While you're there, please visit the Skyhorse Publishing table and book signings for Kim Stagliano, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, Mary Holland, Louise Kuo-Habakis, Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism, Heather Frazier, and lots more. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. Makers of fine digestive enzymes to complement your special diet. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with hosts Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez.